Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Houston, we have a problem. Welcome to the Overshare Podcast. I'm Tim Hickson and this is the lovely Anne Todd. Welcome. Hello, everyone. And you've been away yet again. I have. I've just returned from Puerto Rico this time, my first visit, at the recommendation of friends. I uh, I loved the people. I'm not sure if I will go back, but I loved the people and I loved the sun. Is that because the of the state you left the country in by the time you left, or is that... I did, uh, I did meet some lovely people from the West Coast who were kind enough to share their bottle of vodka on day one by the pool. Nice. So I started my trip by doing shots with a family of five. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yeah. They have very good tax incentives down there. You haven't considered Anne Todd does Puerto Rico as a film franchise. That sounds like way like the things I listened to watched on Cinemax after dark growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Something about Manuel and Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> and Debbie in Dallas. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let us move on. It has been an interesting week. So you've been traveling. Have you done much television and or film viewing while you've been away? Not too much. I was very unhappy that we did not have AMC at our hotel. So I <gasps> missed the finale of Breaking Bad. I caught up with it this morning. Bum, bum. Well, let's start there. Yeah, so, Breaking Bad so season we are finale. halfway down. So this is the halfway point of what is technically a very long season. Yep. split between two years. Yeah. Uh, which is the final season. So. We're, just at, we're just now having a very long ad break, and then we'll resume <laughs> with the next. final episodes next summer. So what did you think? Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan, obviously. How do you uh, rate this season so far compared to other seasons? I think they've built it in a way that makes it feel like half a season, to me, in some respects. So I think some of the episodes have been absolutely stunning. And yeah. and it's still better than any other show on television, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I would struggle to put anything else above it. But it is one of those things where I felt a little like you do at the end of a Lord of the Rings movie. It's like, <laughs> oh, dang it. I, I kind of felt half served. Now, that's obviously exactly the way they built it, and I understand. For a season finale, I thought it was good. I felt a little bit... I'm so used to there being such broad rapid movements of of things people exploding dying yeah. and not just because they're blowing up what, but because people of people dying is not enough right, because but because of what i know in 2 minutes <laughs> yeah all right all right but do you know what i mean it was stabbing all, fire i know but it was all sort of done to a, like a musical number it's well like, i love how they do that sometimes where they take the like the the, the heaviness of the situation and in and bring in this strange levity by cutting it with music that doesn't quite fit yep and I liked that they did it at 2 o'clock. But I, I right, get... but you compare a moment like that to the moment where Jesse's girlfriend, you know, oh, gosh, dies yeah. in her own vomit, yeah. you know, while, while, while he watches on. You know, though, as, a, as you know, I've gotten so used to there being moments like that where, you know, man's head on a turtle exploding that you just go, you know, when you don't have quite some of those things. It's like an adrenaline junkie. Like, Maybe, but they did it to me. And blood. Oh, it's their fault. They did it to me, so... Vince Gilligan, we're talking to you. You you know, you never knew that they could do that to you in a television series before now, so I blame them. Okay. That's all all I'm saying. What about you? How did you feel about the last episode? I'm still processing. I usually find, like, I watch everything twice on that show, so I watch the first one just to get the story, and then I 
absorb the subtlety. What I did this Got time it. was wind back a few segments, like the two-minute murder montage, so yep. I could count the guys. <laughs> of course you did. Not at all anal retentive. <laughs> nope. I just wanted to, you know, see if I could track back to who I knew and who I didn't. Yep. Um, I thought, so, you know, Fly is my favorite episode from a couple seasons ago, and it's yes. been interesting to see that idea as a metaphor for sort of corruption and contamination come back in. Yep. They're leaning into it a little too hard, I think. You know, I, I don't know if, like we were saying, you know, sometimes maybe we give the viewing audience too much credit. I feel like this is a smart audience, and yep. people who are in this show by now are really in it. Yeah. So there were certain notes that, to me, seemed a little bit overdone. Right. So things like... Like uh, the closing think, section? With... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Hank is on on the toilet and mm-hmm. decides to reach back for reading material and discovers that Walt, uh, that Walt has a copy of Leaves of Grass that's signed by Gail Binnaker. Yeah. So it finally, the penny finally drops for, for Hank, um, who just couldn't... I, I would imagine just, you know, is one of those kind of people who knows his brother-in-law and would never think, you know, yeah. never, ever could have put the pieces together despite some clues. Yeah. Um, they go back and show a segment. They show the clip where they first look at that WW and go, Walt, where he says, hey, Walter White. And Walter says, you got me. And I immediately remember that. As soon as, as, soon as I saw Leaves of Grass, I thought about that yeah. scene. And it may be that I've watched this so quickly, right? So I was a late yeah. joiner. But that, to me, I thought, the people who are watching this show don't need that reminder. They don't need that clip in there. Yeah. But I maybe that's the TV thing ago, you have right? to do. I guess so. For me, it's only a couple months. You're probably right, so I'll give them I'll give them a pass on that. But I was sort of like, I, I didn't feel you needed it. I, I feel like everybody knows Gail Benneker knows that piece. Yeah. I, and I don't think this is a show where people join in season four or season, you know? <laughs> it's a little hard to pick up. I don't know if I've talked time. about it, but I listened to an interview with uh, Vince Gilligan. It was on NPR with Terry Gross, I believe, where he was talking about Netflix statistics. And it's like streaming statistics, you know? And it's like, so the statistics are like the, the kind of start to completion per season. It got higher season one versus two versus three. Yeah. So more people, you know, more people were watching. And if they watched it, they were sticking. Yeah. Uh, so My wife like, is a living embodiment of such a statistic. As am I. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, it's quibbling. I still think it was great. Do I think it's as good as some of the prior seasons? Maybe not, but I think that has to do with the nature of it. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it, we had to get to this point where he is Scarface, and now we're, it's going to go quite wrong from here, even more wrong. Because it's gone wrong before, but not Unless for... Hank decides to join him in the meth business. Wouldn't Hank be perfect for that in terms he, of covering it up? He totally would. Oh, Hank Trader. Hank's going to be the hero of the show, I really? think, and take down Walter. Take I don't down know. Walter, adopt the kids. Let's think about how it started this season. So we see Walter essentially on the lam with hair. Yep. Uh, somewhere, where was he? I can't make him. He was away. He's away from home. He was away, away, buying a big gun. So I'm very <laughs> curious to see how we got, how we get there. Yes, um, and what that all means. I, the saddest thing for me in the last couple episodes, of course, is the murder of uh, Mike Ermintrop. Yeah. Everybody's favorite Batman-like hero. Yes. He was one of my favorite anti-heroes maybe in years. Right. But again, he's like Walter. You can't imagine that he was ever going to escape this process without pushing off this mortal coil. Yeah. Because it never ends well for people in his line of work. No matter how sort of noble he was in a kind of perverse way, yeah. you you, it, <laughs> you live by the sword, you die by the sword, that kind of thing is just one, you know, it's very hard to ever escape that sort of thing, I think. He did get to tell um, Walter, Walter to shut up one last time. One last time. And I think it was fitting that Walter killed him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was the tension that was was always there. And just enshrining Walter as the evil, most evil person ever. Yeah. And I felt so bad. That moment where Jesse comes to visit and they're sitting there where his body is yeah. this episode. Yeah. And talking and he's saying, oh yeah, he got, you know, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Which is technically accurate. Yes. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> it's, factual, it's a factual state. A factually correct statement. It is. So, so I will miss it for the next year. I will go back in and watch some episodes, I think. Yeah. Just just keep it on summer. And in the meantime, I'm going to pick up. I need some other antiheroes. So I'll be picking up the wire or something. Searching for bad people doing vaguely <laughs> good things everywhere. Uh, okay. So I think this last week, both you and I might have had the misfortune to catch an episode of Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Would that be? I did that for you and for the people. <laughs> I took it for the team. It That's... hurt my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I watched, I think, the first episode online when I was uh, out west. And it's as terrible as I thought it might be. It is astounding, isn't it? Yeah. The girls had it on a the, for, a, for a second episode this week. I have to leave the room. I can't. I can't. And, in fact, it was Chris who wanted to watch it. The, the, the girls are just like, nah. And Chris is like, no, what you have to do is you have to close your eyes and listen and see if you can tell what they're saying without the subtitles. I grew up in the South. I can understand that. Oh, dang. There were a couple of times uh, this, this episode that she was watching where even I was struggling to keep yeah, up. Yes, they have to subtitle the rednecks. Yeah. Which, I, it's always good when they're subti- subtitling English. <laughs> it's amazing. I was reading about this this week. TLC pays them as the stars of this show, the people whose home is invaded 24-7 to make it. They pay them a princely sum of just on $2,000 an episode uh, to uh, to be... Each of them or the whole No, family? that's the sum. They're getting totally screwed, <laughs> right? And that, that's the equivalent of like 50000 redneck dollars, though. Don't forget. I'm just... So, you can't buy a lot of new teeth with that, though. Dentistry is expensive. No, that is very true. The um, they don't seem that interested in new teeth, though. They did manage to buy a new pool, which they had to construct themselves. That did not end well. Is it an above ground pool? It was. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. And so busily trying to construct so this thing. I ain't very good at constructing stuff, but I'm gonna give it a try. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but they're back. The Duggars are back. The Duggars are back. Which, Flipping. Yeah. Tragically enough, my wife has also just discovered, and uh, that is, they're a significantly sweet family. Uh, I like it when they, they're so modest they like, swim in dresses, and that's the only part that interests me. If I could just see a, a like a, a kind of montage of them swimming in kind of pantaloons, nomads pantalones. The um, <laughs> this week. There was, uh, what was it? Oh, in a, in a striking moment of you know, Christian solidarity, the, uh, the parents of the Duggars went out and had dinner with Kirk Cameron. Sweet. Which I thought was just so very sweet. He has six children, I did not know that. Does he? Which seems like a lot of children. Uh, uh, not when compared to 19. Well, that's what he says. He's, he's very grateful for the Duggars because when people give him hell about having six kids, he's like, man, we're not the Duggars. Yeah. So, uh, but... As a show, it is mortifying to watch, right? I mean, it's just like... I've only seen about five minutes of it, and I, I, which happened on my vacation. I left the room. It is such a blight on humanity, which is not a reflection on the people. It's just a reflection on the fact that we felt the need to make a television show about it. I mean, they need money, obviously, because that's a lot, a lot of mouths to feed. That's sure. a team. Sure. Yep. I just, like, God bless them for their faith, but... If you're going to have that many kids, why don't you adopt some? There's some need out there. Why do you have to keep having that? I just, just because one can do something doesn't mean one ought to. It's true. She'd been pregnant for almost 21 years. Yeah. They should be honoring Irish Catholic, those people. <laughs> but, I mean, the irony of it is the kids are beautiful. They have, their they? He- they ha- yeah, they are. They have their heads pretty much screwed straight on their shoulders. You know, they're probably. Maybe just a fraction 
over Christian. Can I can I use that expression? Does that mean something? Uh, in, in some respects, but they're all really sensible, well balanced. You know, no psychotic killers well, that's amongst a them. Testimony to them to raise. Right. 19 and the fact that, can't raise one. Right, and the fact that they, they, as parents, they still have their sanity intact, which I can barely and do And appear to three. still like each other. Yeah, exactly right. I, I think Obviously, they still like each other. Dear Lord. It is an interesting testimony. I, I would certainly watch uh, the Duggars in preference to Honey Boo Boo as a... That's I mean, just a cry in shame, that show. <laughs> I mean, the, TLC ought to be done for producing it. We ought to be, and it's doing well, right? It's crushing it, rating-wise. Yeah, they had 3 million viewers, I think, and uh, in the first week, and I think the same again in the second week. It really is killing yeah, it for us for a TLC show. It's quite stunning. So maybe they'll be smart enough to get a pay rise out of it. Who knows? If you have more kids, you could maybe get a show. Yeah. They seem to like that, right? They had the Kate, John and Kate. John was and Kate. On, was that TLC? Or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, there's, no, there's some, there are some prices too high to pay, and having eight children would be one of those things for me. Then you have a football team rather than a family, in my humble opinion. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I won't be tuning back into that. I'm very excited about the return of a sci-fi series called Face Off. This is, is cl- yes. this and Flipping Out are as close to reality TV as I get. All right. But especially Face Off, because what this is, if you, if you haven't seen it, I think this is season three, mm-hmm. uh, is a reality TV series oriented toward finding the next face of kind of sci-fi makeup or it's actually just yep. the, the makeup industry so you know they're doing monsters they're doing beauty makeup they're making people into fish making people into dragons doing all that stuff but it is actually I think really artistry what they're doing it's amazing to see so they um, back like everybody does live in a house together but they do back off of the personal interpersonal drama they did that in season one and I think they quickly got out of that business and it's much more focused on the work and so, you know, if they're given a challenge, the most recent one I saw is um, the sort of Chinese dragon acrobat sort of things. They had to create one of those characters. Uh, they created a character in the season starter, which was a Star Wars character. Yep. And they had the... They From had the, the barroom scene. scene. Yeah, yep. they had the barroom scene. And I just... When I, you look at their sketches and you look at their concepts, what they're doing is actually really amazing stuff. And it's fascinating because you're actually learning how they make things. You know, do you use latex? How are you doing these molds? What materials do you use? How do you fabricate it? Have they so, learned nothing from Cake Boss? You make everything with uh, fondant, <laughs> fondant, <laughs> and Rice Krispies. That's that's all you need. You can make anything out of fondant and Rice Krispies. I think that's a missed opportunity right there. They should do some Rice Krispie figurine. I think they should. So it's. I really like this show. I find it interesting. I like the way. I mean, I hate all the usual reality TV crap where they. The winner of this week is cut to commercial and all that dramatic yeah. stuff. But the judges are on this are very seasoned people. There are people who've worked on movies like Avatar and who yeah. you know who've worked in with the, the top people in the industry. So I think it's worth watching if you like that kind of thing. I never thought I would, but I really really enjoyed this show. I finally look forward to it. They do a really cool thing where they show the model from start to finish and kind of a you know um, yeah. quick release sort of uh, montage shots yes. where you see the transformation. The nice morph. Yeah. And those are so good. So I think it's worth watching. I really enjoy it. It's good. It's not even a guilty pleasure because I think there is something to learn from it. It's fairly inspiring to see people who love what they do. Yeah. And yeah, they keep it low on the drama apart from some dramatic editing. Uh, so that's back. Uh, Flipping Out, which is another reality TV that, that really weighs in on the, you know, maximizes the drama's back. Yeah. So this is Jeff Lewis, who is, a, I think, a really gifted interior designer and a very 
stunted human being. <laughs> um, well, he's interesting. He's he's high maintenance. He's yeah. not unlike some bosses I've had. He's a special special flower that not everyone could really would really want around. Yeah. But he does beautiful work. So it started out as flipping out because he's a drama queen, and also because he was flipping houses. Now, as the Got market it. changed, he ended up getting in and getting in a situation where he now does conversions for people. Yeah. So he has clients to deal with, which is hard for him when he can't just sort of do it how he wants. Got it. But he, um, I, I will say they've gotten more. You know, as it's continued, there's less and less of the more and more of the personal stuff and less and less of the house conversions and I miss that. Yeah. But there's enough of that to keep me interested and I genuinely kind of like some of the characters on it. So this is my one, I would say, real true reality TV watch. It's not it's not a housewives, it's yep. not a survival show, but yep. it is Although working for him could be regarded as, as a, a survival yeah. show. He did actually regard he, he actually did something what, what when they one of the interviews they did something what we used to say we should do with my old boss interviewing someone said are you okay that even if you know you're right, you'll say you're wrong? <laughs> it just helps. We it, just need to know this because that's what's going to be necessary. To get you through the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. The um, Have you seen that? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. It's, it's very they good. subtitle their maid, Zoila. <laughs> she speaks English but with a heavily sort of accented yeah. version of it. And so they have to subtitle her, which I always find amusing. Speaking of reality show, we've been watching uh, this season of uh, MasterChef, which is just drawing her clothes. We're one episode away from that being done. You are a fan. Did you? Is this one with the blind contestant? Right. And so yeah, she's she's that. made it to the final two. Nice. So, um, and uh, which has been, I mean, for the producers, it must be an absolute Cinderella story. You know, yeah. but his face off had twin brothers, and one of them just got. And I thought that was going to be their thing this yeah. this season. The one Punted. of the twins went yeah, <laughs> week two. Like, All right, so much for that storyline. Dang it! Yeah. Um, but you know, just fascinating to see somebody who's legally blind navigate a kitchen yeah. and managing to win. You know, or at least come down to final two. Amazing. I think she's got a pretty strong chance to take it out. But I noticed they're doing a show. I saw an advertisement for a show that's uh, after Top Chef, and it shows where some of the winners. I think I think the winners yep. are now. What okay, doing, what they're doing could be interesting. Yeah, that'd be like fascinating. Somebody started a restaurant with their family and what that's like, and you know, that could be interesting. Indeed. Have you been? You, I trust you didn't get to enjoy cinema down at Puerto Rico while you were away. I did not. I have not caught up on anything. I need to get to the Bourne movie, which I understand you saw. I did see, and I'd be fascinated to know what you think about it. The I'm pro Jeremy Renner, just so we know. Look, I'm gonna I, get that on the table. And and I like him as well as an actor. Probably yeah. not in the same way you like him. Um, I'm just guessing. Uh, how... I've seen him in person. He's kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not fast bender, but I'm a fan. <laughs> he's point five fast bender. Yes. The um. Uh, he was good. The characters yeah. were good. The acting was good. And they've left it open, haven't they, so that Matt Damon could come back. He's not Jason Bourne. It's not like Correct. he you know, went in a coma like a soap and woke up a different Right, and, and so they referenced Jason Bourne multiple times throughout the movie in terms of what he, where he is and what he's Subtitle. doing. Please, Matt, come Please back. Please come back. All's forgiven. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But they, it's... I don't know whether it is because we've had three Bourne movies with Matt Damon in it. And you have developed, or I have anyway, developed an inbuilt empathy for the character and the journey that he's been on. And therefore, what happens during that movie is more appealing and engaging to me. Whereas this one, we created basically the same character, give or take, although he doesn't have a mental snap like uh, Jason Bourne did at the beginning of the first movie. But... But you've got somebody who realizes that they're in the middle of something that's about to go horribly wrong. They're about to get killed due to you know plausible deniability, 
um, and that the whole thing is going hell in a handbasket and then he's got to do everything he can to A, make sure he survives and B, figure out what's happening and C, try and right the wrongs that are, that are going on there. The movie's solid. There's nothing wrong with the is it movie. Is the same director? No, I don't think so. Is it visually similar? It's visually similar, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the same director. The, um, but the... It, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the film. But it's not set in the That's world on fire. No, it's it really isn't. Is it doing well? It's doing okay at the box office. It's done okay. Uh, I mean, not as good as the original uh, franchise, I don't believe. But you know, could it go somewhere good for the next movie? Maybe. I mean, they've set it up for another movie. For you know, with him in it. Um, I was Rachel Weisz. She was actually pretty good. I like her. Yeah, I thought she was really good. And uh, as I say, nothing wrong she's with nice it. Just, that she's gorgeous and she can act. Yeah. You can always get both of those, right? It's yeah. usually pick one. It's a rare beast. So, anyway, I mean, I would give it six and a half, seven, maybe. You know, through no no strong faults, but nothing to thoroughly recommend it as a film. I'm yep. still going to see it. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I would recommend you have a look at it. The other thing I happened to see while uh, as uh, School Holidays came to a rapid conclusion was uh, Paranorman. Excellent. From no. from the makers of Coraline. Now, explain to me why Paranorman isn't coming out next month, uh, end of October. Uh, trying to get the summer holiday okay. people. It get- seems Halloween-y to me. Look, it is, and it may well make a recovery during that during that phase. The uh, Did you ever see Coraline? No. Okay, so it's from the makers of Coraline. And in a similar vein, to me, it's a strange... Like the Nightmare Before Christmas? Do they look a little like A little like bit that? like that. Um, and in a similar yeah, vein, it seems to me like a strange movie who doesn't really know what its audience is. So it's in places, particularly Coraline, not quite so much paranormal, in places it's too scary for the kids and it's too young for the adults. So you've got this film that sort of sits in this strange little no-man's land. It's all... I mean, it's all well done in terms of the... It's all stop-frame animation, um, which people either love or they hate as an animation style. My wife loathes it. Um, I don't mind it if it's done well, and this is all... It's fantastic Mr. Fox stop-motion. Yes. I love Um, it. And so, you know, so it's it's technically it's done good. There's some, you know, laugh-out-loud funny moments in it, but, you know, with my eight-year-old daughter... There were moments in there where she was absolutely terrified, you know, eyes over the, the hands over the eyes, ears covered, you know, all those kinds of things. Years of therapy because of this movie. I would imagine so. The so it's it's weird. I mean, the numbers for Coraline were terrible when it released, and they always blamed the fact that they got steamrolled out by the next 3D movie that was coming in, and they tried to re-release it. Still didn't do very well. I just think that the makers of the film, making the films that they want to make. But I just think the audience is a little confused about who... You know, you get some movies that are kids' movies that appeal to adults at the same time. They work yeah. on two levels. Things like a Toy, Toy Story. Story. Right. Uh, whereas this was one of those movies that I think was unbalanced and sort of equally didn't work in both aspects at the same time. Uh, I thought there were parts... I saw Brave on the Plane, so I won't yep. say too much about it because like, as you rightfully pointed out, you can't really judge a, a comprehensive... Sort of like an animated movie of that nature on a teeny tiny screen on the back of a chair. But I felt like parts of that were a little too scary for little kids. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're potentially right. And I think, 
you know, for them that comes as a result of probably trying to pre- push the storytelling genre, and maybe it's the same trap these guys have fallen into. And I don't necessarily want people just pandering to a particular audience group, and I'm happy that people are making interesting films and those sort of things. But at the same time, you've got to figure out, you know, who is my genre, who is my who is my audience, who's going to be watching this, and if you make that really hard by ending up with a an 11 to 12 and a half year olds as your demographic, that's a little problematic. So, uh, you know, a good film. I mean, I, I would, you know, I'd give it a seven. Maybe. You'd recommend to say the older children. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's been my... I won't be rushing out for that one, I have to say. But sure. You're I'm not to... the demographic. Yeah, that's true. You and Magic Mike. Yeah. So, I think that's about it for this week in terms of the things that we've seen. Yeah, I've, I think, you know, I've finished a lot of, or a lot of the summer series are coming to an end in the next couple of weeks. They um, are. So I think we'll talk about that in future. A lot of the USA two-word shows, like Covert Affairs and White Collar. Suits Bird finished. Notice. Suits finished. I know that's only one word. But yeah. Just... Breaking type, Suits and Psych. Yes. Everything else is two words, I think. Uh, how was Suits? It was great. Really yeah, good, good season. season. Yeah, really good season. But sometimes right about here, shows have that kind of part where they... They don't know where to go, and so they usually take the characters to a, almost a falsely dark place and start to play to the edges. And sometimes they lose their way. Yeah, I think I they did. That they've, they've, Notice I think they've, I haven't watched Burn Notice this year. It's the first year I haven't caught up with the season. But I, I thought with Suits, they opened up the characters a bit. I think they gave most of them an opportunity to diverge a little bit without necessarily going. Well, hang on a sec. This he would seems, never do. He this. would never do this. Yeah. Or really you're just looking for something to do right now. So I, I thought those things were pretty good. I think the, the way they left it open for the next season in terms of what that looks like, I think it's really good. I, yeah, I think it will definitely be... Oh, sorry. I would be very surprised if it doesn't come back for another season. Yeah, I think Burn Notice will definitely come back, and it, it's done, so we can talk about that. The others are kind of, I think, in their penultimate episodes. Uh, I thought the season... So they start the season... Uh, with Fiona having surrendered herself so Michael wouldn't uh, go down a bad path. So she wants him to, uh, doesn't want him to turn, you know, lose the man that he is, that she yep. loves. So she turns herself in. So it's about extracting her in the middle of it. His brother is killed. Okay. As they're searching for the big bad. Yeah. And then they end the season with them stuck in South America, having been betrayed by his handler. Got it. Uh, and with no way out. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good arc, but it just... The show has always struggled with the level. So you yep. had episodes that were pure levity. Like, yep. you know, they would go up against the cartel or something, but it'd be silly. Yeah. And they'd play to those notes. And now they've really lost a lot of that. Okay. And to me, I need a little bit of that to keep it along. Yep. You know, it's and it, it's been more overarching mythology, which I usually like, than sort of episodic contained things. Yep. I just feel like it's lost its way a little bit for me. It's just yeah. a little too too dark. Taking and honestly, yourself a little too seriously now. And Michael Weston, that character, he doesn't... I like him fine, but Jeffrey Donovan does not have the gravitas to play the dark stuff. He just doesn't have the range, I don't think. No, he's not. So, he's, a, he's a single note kind of guy. Yeah, so you really see that. You know, he's very much the straight man. You really see that like, when he has to go tell Sharon Classes, who plays his mother, um, about the death of his brother. Yep. And he's just, you know, he's it's the same face. By yep. the coffin, it's the same face. Yep. So it's a shame. Um, he's the epitome of blue steel. <laughs> he really it's is. It's all the same look. <laughs> He also can turn left. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> uh, they have to work around the shooting around it extensively. So, yeah, I, you know, I will keep watching it because yeah. I'm not a quitter. Yeah. And uh, it's not a bad show, and I do like the characters. You know, they, you're very attached to some of them. Yes. But, you know, there was, like, there was an episode where, what's, what's his friend, Sam? 
where Sam he goes, these are, is holding his shirts like this is like season two. He's like, these are like dolls' clothes. Like it's lost that kind of lightness yeah, that yeah. made it fun and made it lift a little bit to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's finished. But it was a good. I thought it was a good result or a yeah. good ending uh, in terms of the journey they're they're on. It seemed fitting, and it was kind of a fun reveal that John C. McGinley, who was his handler, was truly evil and trying yeah. to kill him. So, you know, it continues to, I think, keep doing this thing, but I think at some point they're going to have to think about an exit strategy for this show in the yeah. next couple seasons. I don't think it should keep on going. Yeah, right. For some reason or other, you brought to my mind the fact that Michael Clark Duncan died this week. Yeah, it's so sad, and it's so young. Yeah, really young. He yeah. had a, what did he have, a heart attack, and then a couple months ago? I think. Yeah, yeah, and then issues related to all of that ended up taking him out, which is really, really sad. I mean, yeah. I really like him as a, as an actor and, you know, big sort of gentle giant sort of person. Yeah, he did some great stuff with the Green Mile amongst it. But yeah. lot, he had lots of little bit parts and great and great work. And The Finder, one of my shows that I like that got axed the, after half a season. The Bones spinoff that wasn't. Yeah, true. It See? was a weird spinoff, though. It wasn't Look, really a spinoff. It was not really a spinoff. It was just Bones adjacent. Right. But they did levity. The sort of levity that you're talking about, right. maybe that's what, you know... Wake up, man! It's a new world. Vampires sparkle now. Get over it. You know, (laughs) I like a little bit of that, and you know, like USA shouldn't take itself too seriously. It's not what they're doing. Yeah, (laughs) it's not HBO. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, that's it for the wrap for this week. So let us progress. Let us uh, move forward. Let us uh, egress from one place to another place, and talk about what's coming up for the fall season. We've uh, we've addressed some of this stuff. In past couple of episodes. Specifically Sunday through Wednesday. Specifically Sunday through Wednesday. My pedantic little mind must go day by day. Please put everything in a file. (laughs) Make sure it's all alphabetized. Doors must be closed. (laughs) (laughs) You little kids that do that, I was like, I get it. You are a strange, strange little duck. Uh, So, uh, what night are we looking at this week? Thursday. We're going to hit up the rest of the week. So, we're going to wrap it up this week, Thursday through, uh, through Sunday, actually. So, we did Monday through Wednesday. And we'll we'll talk about mid season shows later, things yep. that come up as they come up. Yep. But we're really gonna get get what what's leading off because these shows are kicking off in a few weeks time. So yep. we'll start with Thursday. We've got two, what three new shows. Yes. Three, two two and a half, let's call it. <laughs> ABC's Last Resort, the half being CW's Beauty and the Beast, and CBS's Elementary. All right, let's have a quick listen to the clip from Last Resort to give you a sense of what's happening there. Firing. It's a direct order, sir. I'm not going to annihilate 4.3 million Pakistanis without hearing directly from someone whose authority I recognize. You are relieved of your command. Line's dead, sir. What the hell did you just do? Have inbound crews miss on our position. All hands, emergency team! Emergency team! Place for impact! We lost 12 souls in the attack. Let's get somewhere safe so we can all see our families again. They need to understand I'm a man of my word. Please believe in me. Please remember how much I love you. I love you too. I'm declaring a 200 mile no man's land around this island. We do not obey a government that tries to murder its own. Test us and we will all burn together. So the basic synopsis of this show is that we have a nuclear submarine that is a, a U.S. nuclear submarine that is on uh, duty. What do they call it? Out on location? No, that's not what they call it. 
They are out on... Anyway, they're in the middle of the ocean. At sea. They are at sea. So, the best... Headed by Andre Brower. What? Oh, easy. So, the basic synopsis of this show is we have a U.S. Uh, nuclear submarine who is uh, out in the middle of the ocean, and they receive an order to fire a missile on Pakistan and basically destroy the entire country. So, a nuclear missile. When the... Uh, Captain asks for a repeat of the order and for somebody a little higher up the chain to give the, the all go, all clear for that. Uh, he gets uh, stood aside, fired, call it what you will, whatever happens in the thing, and then they stand in the next captain and he also refuses to, uh, to fire on Pakistan without having good cause and or somebody, because basically they're not allowing them to push up the food chain to make sure that this order is correct and given that they're going to kill... Millions and millions of people want to be a little more certain about what it is that's happening right now. So basically, they then get made an enemy of the state, and not not they they don't just get stood down and or fired. Uh, they get fired upon by the U.S. So another the Oklahoma, I think it is, fires a nuclear missile at them in order to be able to sink them uh, as basically traitors and terrorists. The injured uh, sub floats to the bottom of the sea, they manage to get it rectified, and then they manage to get it, limp it towards an island. They take their toys and go home to they, an island. They take their toys and go home to an island. It's a little like Gilligan's Island with thermonuclear warheads. That meets lost. Meets. Exactly. And so, uh, and from meets there... Meets the Rockford Files, I me, wish. <laughs> and so... Wouldn't that be a great show? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I, when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be more like an undersea love boat, but apparently not. Which is <laughs> sad because I'd come up with a tune. The love boat soon will be nuking a distant shore. I don't know. I, I thought it had something. You could uh, do that. You should get in touch with Ryan Murphy. <laughs> and then basically from there on in, we come to a standoff between uh, them on this island, which is an inhabited island. Uh, so they're having to navigate the people who are on the island. They take charge of a certain area of it. And the U.S. government decides that their existence is not feasible. And so there's uh, an ongoing battle between the two, and they both decide to up the ante in terms of uh, firing nuclear weapon off the sub and uh, essentially basically a huge sort of pissing contest to see who's going to come away from this thing unscathed. Because obviously they feel like they've not been traitors and the U.S. government is painting them as traitors. Uh, it looks like a really fascinating idea for a series. Well, it sounds like a movie, and I don't yep. know how it becomes a series, I suppose. It's a good question. That's my, that's my thing. Is how yep. does that convert into... I think its longevity is, is a question mark in terms of how you... I mean, great, pros- great premise. Yep. Agreed. So, I, you know, I, I will definitely have this on my uh, to-watch list. I, I think it's, uh, even though neither Gilligan or the Skipper feature strongly in this in this piece, uh, I believe Ginger gets a little part, though. Um, Marianne, definitely somewhere on the island. Riding that thermonuclear warhead. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, it's the sort of show that I find, you know, interesting as a premise. Again, I, I think it's a little bit like Revolution. I think it's one of those things where we're going to have to see... How it goes? Yeah. How much? How much longevity does it have in it? I think the question people keep saying is: Is it the next Lost or is it the next Flash Forward? Yes. So we'll see what happens. It has. Uh, this is uh, Sean Ryan who did the Shield. Yep. The Unit, the Chicago Code. Um, so I like that, and it's along with an executive producer who was associated with the Chicago Code and Terriers, which is a little watch series that was fantastic. 
uh, that everyone should watch. Uh, it didn't make it on FX, I believe, last year or a year or two ago. So I will definitely watch it. Um, Andre Bauer, I think, is, is an astounding actor. He yep. was on Homicide yep. and was just wonderful. He's he was on, right. Yeah, he, he was really on Men of a Certain Age, which I didn't watch. Um, but I think he, yeah, he is wonderful. And so I, you know, he's one of those people I root for and watch everything within reason, try to watch most things he does. And we brought forward some Felicity Eye Candy, which is nice. Scott Speedman. Yeah. Yeah, so he's back. So a little something for the ladies. <laughs> Chris will be tuning in just on the basis of that. <laughs> there you go. So that's one to watch. Yep, absolutely. Um, one, not, And that's up against shows like, you know, returning shows that are fairly strong, like The Big Bang Theory, X Factor Results. So we'll see how Demi Lovato and Britney Spears do as judges. We, when I say we, I don't mean me because I don't care. But uh, I've seen a bit of a preview, and and uh, Britney Spears comes off a little like a bitch on that show. It will be interesting to see how that all tracks out. Anyway, uh, and Thirty Rock, which is bad. I love it, Thirty Rock, and Up All Night, which I think is moving. I can't remember if it was on Thursday or not before, but uh, I'm not convinced. They're about trying up to build night. a comedy block. I mm. lost it in the shuffle because. Uh, it was in too much competition. Didn't get a chance to catch up. But I was. I love uh, Maya Rudolph. Yep. And she sort of can do no wrong. Uh, so I will probably catch up with that. I have not been watching The Office, which comes up at the nine o'clock hour. I think that will wrap it up at some point soon. Yeah, I think so. Vampire Diaries coming back, which, for which my daughter will be excellent. Ex- eternally Ecstatic, grateful. Ecstatic, right? Yes. And Two and a Half Men is going to be on at eight thirty, which I think. It, how is that show doing now? It's in the post Sheen it, era. It's still well off the boil in terms of you know you pick the highs of. Two and a half men under the sheen, you know. Regime. Under the yes, under the mean sheen. Um, it's still well off the boil, so I mean it's still doing okay. But it was the number one show on television for years. Which and esca- it's a feel escapes me completely. So it'll be interesting to see whether it improves, yep. what the longevity of it is like. Um, yeah, I I'm not sure that it's got a long life left in it if that continues and so on. And then we've had a lot of returning shows. So, Person of Interest, which was uh, is in its sophomore season, is coming back. Yeah. Uh, alongside a new show from the CW, Beauty and the Beast. For years, I've been asking myself, why did my car break down that night? Hi, mom. What if my mother simply hadn't answered her phone? I am so sorry for dragging you out here. You're just lucky I was on call. You always come running when I need you. Who were those men? Look, we already called Highway Patrol, so. <laughs> And who? Please, please. Or what? Stopped them. Everyone told me it was a wild animal. That this thing I thought I'd seen was just the result of my concussion. I believed them. Until now. Tell me about yourself. What happened to you? After I lost both my brothers in the towers, I enlisted in the service. I had the chance to make a difference. All I know is that they changed our DNA. They made us stronger, faster. They couldn't control us. So they gave orders to eradicate us all. You've just been hiding out here? Yeah. Except you you go out there and you save people. (laughs) Guess it reminds me of who I used to be. A doctor. Human. You have to stop all contact with me. What about my mom? You need to move on. You cannot just tell me to move on. You don't get it, do you? No, I do. Last night, that was the first time since my mom died that I haven't felt crazy. 
You're crazy! Showing up here alone! I could kill you in less than a second! Now go! Uh, this is where Kat, Catherine, is a smart, no-nonsense homicide detective. Dare I say she is tough no, as No, she's not tough as nuts. I think she might be. No, she's sensitive. She's haunted with a tragic past. <laughs> That's true. Yes, so, you know, she, it's very superheroish. She saw her parents murdered, someone protected her, he wasn't human, blah, blah, blah. So, there's a lot of eye candy, as is want for the mm -hmm. CW, so they'd be beautiful, muscular people, marginally acting. I, I don't think I'll be watching it. Uh, Will your girls? Do you remember the first Beauty and the Beast television series? No. Did you ever see There that? was one? Yes, there was. I saw the, the cartoon film, the animated film, many times. No, there was a series, and I'm sure... Mario Hemingway? Really? Is that true? <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud. I think it is true. Um, <laughs> Why would the facts trouble you now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, a weird, weird little show that was. Um, will the girls be watching it? It has not been on their radar. Okay. Um, but, you know, it follows the Vampire Diaries, so who can tell? So they're giving it a sweet spot, right? They are. Sure. Well, assuming anybody actually watches it on television anymore. The producers are people who were behind Brothers and Sisters, Without a Trace, Felicity, Smallville, you know, so there's what sort a of a strange mixed bag. little pedigree that is. Yeah, Brothers and Sisters, so, you know, episodic. That show turned to absolute dross. Uh, Without a Trace, I loved because it's a procedural, and yeah. I thought a particularly good one. Yeah. Uh, Felicity, again, and, you yeah. know, Felicity and Smallville, that's right in the sort of right power alley for this. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. It could it could work. I think they've struggled a little bit. I think the yeah. secret circle didn't, didn't work. No, it did not. Oh, mind you, it, uh, I'm just looking at the time slots there, and if you're actually talking about having to watch these things real time rather than Lean. rather than DVR, and no, my my girls will be Grey's Anatomy, and you can just you can just kick that thing all the way home. Really, your oh. girls still okay? Oh, I still watch Grey's, but so many people don't, and it's you know I I did a re recently did a start back at the beginning and rewatch, yeah. and it's certainly not as Strangely it was. Enough, so did my eldest daughter. It's well, we should talk. <laughs> she just created a song list with every song ever on the. My goodness. Yeah. So weird. Nice tragic. research. Yeah. God forbid Lights you should do some study stories. during <laughs> during summer. That's right. impressive, though. That is a body of work you can you can put forward. There are some actually pretty good songs. That show yeah. makes me want to hurt myself. Does it? Oh, see, I like Grey's Anatomy, and I like I like. Here's what I like about Shonda Rhimes: she's not afraid to kill people, which I always respect. I know. So uh, the it's the ongoing level of unhappiness. Yeah. Like. Every episode is about 85% drama and unhappiness and about 15% happiness. And you know that whatever that 15% happiness is, somebody's going to come along and shoot it, strangle it, burn it to death, blow it up at some point. The highs are high, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's gotten very dramatic as they've gone on. They've raised the stakes and, you know, like mass shootings and all sorts of things. But is this last season? La no. Uh, no, not as far as I know. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe, uh, maybe I just dreamed that. That was you, In your thinking. dreams, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the end of last season... A majority of the primary characters were in a terrible plane crash uh, yep. on the way to recover organs or help with surgery somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and through a variety of circumstances, no one is looking for them initially. Uh, so at the end, you, you start to see Owen, um, Kevin McKidd's characters start to realize that they haven't arrived. Uh, but, you know, it's got a lot of the original cast. And what they do almost immediately is kill off Lexi, Lexi. quite tragically. Yeah. So she and Mark, you know, they've been on and off again, the big steamy character, and he is not looking good and potentially will die yeah. as they start off. But um, it, she dies. He's confessing love to her. They're, you know, talking about the future together, even as he knows she's going to die. So it was a, it was a tearjerker, uh, and it was, you know, quite dramatic. I promised dramatic myself I wouldn't cry. 
I did cry, and I, I watched it more than you once. You were not the only one. So, yeah, girls te- tweeting left, right, and center. I stay off the Twitter with respect to TV shows. Look at ruining my life and spoiling things I don't want them. So that will be back, and I will be watching that. I liked Person of Interest as well. I think uh, it's a great show. It's a little joyless, but I still kind of like it. Yes. So, you know, it'd be nice. I would imagine that's one of the things you find most appealing about it. <laughs> well, they're giving Michael Emerson a dog this year, which I think uh, is their attempt to, be, to create some to sort of create some sort of love interest. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and his dog fighting crime. <laughs> so Parks and Recreation will also be back in that show I adore. And, yep. uh and so I'll be looking out for that. And at 10 o'clock hour, we have another returning show, and it's sophomore season, or two, actually. Rock Center with Brian Williams, which is a new show. Yeah. Uh, and Scandal, which is another Shonda Rhimes uh, show that that did pretty well last year. Uh, has Carrie Washington acting with her lips, her upper lip. Nice. Um, not a bad show. A little bit dark. And it's she's a kind of a, pol- a political fixer. And yep. it was a little too dramatic. So she's having an affair with the married president. And there's murders and all sorts of drama. And... Everything but an evil twin, really. Really? But I still, I kind of watched it. I, I kind of enjoyed watching it, and we'll, we'll continue to watch it and see what it does. Uh, I think they had some things that were a little, I think they, they went down some roads they shouldn't have, and I, I'll be curious to see if they pull out of those and kind of right the ship a little bit this year. And uh, what's his name? Um, Henry Ian Cusick, I think, who played Desmond on Lost was on it, but I think they're writing it off, and I think the show will be the poorer for it. What do you so, do? They take out the eye candy. It's a shame. At 10 o'clock, we have a new starter, Elementary. We do, out of CBS, who is not doing much in the way of new shows because everything they, don't, they have They is just winning. don't need to. Let's have a quick listen to a little clip from Elementary. Excuse me, I'm looking for Mr. Hello? Excuse me, Mr. Do you believe in love at first sight? I know what you're thinking. The world is a cynical place and I must be a cynical man, thinking a woman like you would fall for a line like that. The thing is, I have never loved anyone as I do you right now. Do you believe in love at first sight? I know, I know what you're thinking. The world is a cynical place and I must be a cynical man. Spot on. Sherlock Holmes. Joan Watson. I've been hired by your father to be your sober companion. I'm here to make the transition from your rehab experience to the routine of your everyday life as smooth as possible. Look at this place. Yuck. Can't wait for you to tidy it. You care to explain why you broke out of your rehab facility the same day you were being released? Bored. You were bored. No, I am bored right now. Happens often. You'll get used to it. You're a doctor. You understand. Uh, I'm not a doctor. We're a doctor. Surgeon, judging by your hands. You were a detective? I worked as a consultant at Scotland Yard. I wasn't paid for my services, and therefore I answered no one but myself. I've decided to resume my work as a consultant here, in New York. Consider every wretched hive of depravity and murder in this city my place of business. Sherlock Holmes, in case you've forgotten who he is and haven't seen him 50 times recently, he's back, but this time he's in the modern era, he is in New York, he is in recovery. And instead of John Watson, he is recovery ably, from being an alcoholic. Uh, I think it's more drugs. The, yeah, Rosie, more the drugs. Yeah. He was he was more a morphine guy, wasn't he? That's right, he was. Um, so he's in recovery, and he has a sober companion who is Doctor Joan Watson. Lucy Lou. She's a lady. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm not. I mean, Lucy Lou. I didn't. You know, she was fine as window dressing for me in the Charlie's Angels movie. She was remarkable in Southland. I thought last season, and I was, it was a shame that they wrote her character off there. So she's back in this. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of saying, 
why? We had uh, Sherlock as a doctor in house. We had yeah. Sherlock as Sherlock in the uh, wonderful, wonderful BBC series yes. penned by um, Stephen Moffat yeah. of Doctor Who fame, uh, which is fantastic. But they only do three in a go, and I think they were originally approached to see if they wanted to, if he wanted to do this show. He kind, you know, he kind asked. of deferred. Johnny Lee Miller playing Sherlock. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller, what's interesting is um, the Sherlock on the BBC is played by Benedict Cumberbatch, which is a great name. A ter- one of the terrific English names <laughs> of all time. So he is wonderful. That uh, that show is, is just fantastic. Uh, been two seasons of that. It is on Netflix. Watch it immediately if you have not. Uh, but what's happening is, uh, what's interesting is those two did a production that I saw a, a recast of a, 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 at the National Theater playing in Frankenstein, yeah. where they alternated nights playing Dr. Frankenstein and the monster. Wow. So Johnny Lee Miller and yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch playing together. I saw where Benedict Cumberbatch was the monster and Johnny Lee Miller played Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, so they're friends. They had, then there was a whole sort of storm in a teacup in the media about Benedict Cumberbatch having said that, oh, Johnny Lee Miller just did this for the money, and he backed right off that. Who knows what's true? Yeah. But it's interesting. Here's two people playing a kind of iconic character that obviously we think we can't get enough of. So we've got the Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yep. So, uh, you know, will you watch it? Do you like the premise? I mean, it's, it, Sherlock is a great character. Look, if you, if you told me Cole what it was, I would probably say, oh, I don't think so. But I've seen the trailer. It actually looks pretty decent in terms of its production values and in terms of some of the writing and those sort of things. I think they could have done, you know, in an amazing turnaround, when you're basing it around an English character, that they could have cast an American as the English character just because they could. You know, we've got all these English characters yeah. playing American English people. Surely, you know what, surely we could just mix this up a bit. But... Um, but I actually think it looks pretty interesting. I will definitely tune in to uh, to have a watch of a couple of episodes, see how it turns out. I don't feel like I'm cheating on the other Sherlock's if I watch it, but I just, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, CBS is, doesn't do a lot of genre. That's true. Not that this really is. It's more a procedural in genre clothes, yeah. maybe. Yeah, well, it's be... modern day, so it's not really... I think you're right. I think this is going to be an interesting, you know, just, just to see how it turns out. Yeah, so we'll see. I will I will tune in probably a little bit. I'm not so sure about it. But that that takes us through Thursday. Very nice. Roll so, on to Friday. Let us have a look at the amazing Friday. So the only new show we have coming, well, we have sophomore series Grimm coming back for season two. And it's actually, as a matter of fact, already started and they're moving it. They're doing weird NBC things, which is yep. it's early in the week now. And then they're going to shift it back to Friday. Of course they are. Uh, which is, yeah, like they make a show hard to find, yep. which I think is their M.O., and they're like, I don't know why people are watching it. So Grimm is back. I uh, Grimm wasn't a great show, but I watched it anyway. Yeah. I like the sort of supporting character, the Vessin, yeah, uh, the wolf who's his friend. Uh, that actor I think is great. And so, uh, if the primary character could also learn to act between you know beyond A to B, yeah, uh, that would A help. A to A plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he is pretty though, and in a, in a weird thing, he was on an old. I watched an old Grey's Anatomy, and he was one of the one of the characters in it. He's a gay soldier character. Body count. So, no body count in that, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of body count in Grimm, which I appreciate. But uh, I think Grimm is a little lacking on the on the makeup department. I think yes. the transition is just shake your head and then transition is a little weird. Yeah. But it's not a bad show. Um, I know, you know, there's that and Once Upon a Time that we're yeah, very if I had Yeah, if I had to choose between those two because they came out at the same time, I yeah. would choose Once Upon a Time over Grimm any day of the week. And I didn't get into that, but I hear it's a good show. So, anyway, that's what's happening. Uh, and uh, Made in New Jersey. Ooh, Made in New Jersey. Made in New Jersey. Sorry, New Jersey. CBS. Yep. Yeah, exactly. CBS with a new show. Yeah. Uh, and this is about, they've got a woman, Janet, Janet Montgomery, who is an English woman playing an Italian-American from New Jersey. 
So look at that. I did not know she was English. She, yeah, it's astounding when you hear her actual accent. Um, opposed to the one she's playing. But she actually does. I'll give her that. She does an American accent fairly well. And they've tried. They've put her in a bunch of shows, this actress. I think they, she's one of those people like like that happened with the guy from The Mentalist. Yeah. Uh, where they're, you know, they say, this person's got something. Yeah, I've got to yeah. find something. We somewhere. have to find the vehicle. Yeah, I don't think this is the vehicle. This is about a young working class, you know, tough as nails girl who uses her street smarts to compete in a Manhattan law firm. Yeah. And it's a little bit like mob doctor with lawyers. Yes. So, I... Kyle McLaughlin is in it. That that is nice. <laughs> he's such a weird dude, isn't he? I loved. If you watch Portlandia, where he played the mayor of Portland, it was so he was so good at that. Yeah. It's so funny. So I'm pleased to have him, you know, on TV any way I can get him. But I just I can't see this show going very far. I I just it's sort of filler to me. I, yeah, I'm not at all convinced. Uh uh-uh. uh So made in New Jersey. Good luck. God bless, Janet. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't rent a place in Manhattan just yet. Uh, so that's Friday, and then we've got returning shows, uh, 2020 Dateline, it's more newsy that night, and then <sighs> Blue Bloods on CBS. Yeah. Blue Bloods is, you know, it's, Yawn. it is bread and butter for CBS, y- right? It's, Yawn. <laughs> it's a procedural, it's a family show, it's, it's kind of a sweet show, you've got Tom Selleck as the patriarch, you've got, you know, a decent supporting cast as all the kids. I watch it, it's laundry folding for me. Yeah. It's you know, it's not gonna push you on your boundaries or anything like that, but it's not a bad show and it's quite a nice family show. So if you have nothing to do at ten o'clock on Friday night, Blue Bloods <laughs> A is the show. we're sorry for you and B, maybe Blue Bloods is for you. Yeah, you might enjoy Blue Bloods. So that's what's happening on Friday nights. Now let's move into Saturday, which is really not much to say. Prime time and football. Football, football, football. Lots and lots of football. Anything you're watching on Saturdays? No. Are you a football family? I am. We are not. You don't uh, like I, the American football? No, no. I, I'm trying to, well, forget the rest of the family. There's Trainers. no way they're ever watching football. <laughs> I have done my best since I have been here, particularly under the tutelage of uh, Frank Monteleone, uh, whom I've spent an unnatural number of hours bunking with as we tour the country. Um, <laughs> he's my spooning buddy. Uh... The got to be the little spoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. Uh, <laughs> um, the and, road stays on the road. Exactly right. He's been educating me on all things sport. Okay. Basketball, football. Well, and he's a tremendous college football guy, right? Well, he knows everything about sport. Everything. And uh, and so when we would get home from work or you know traveling out to LA or doing those sorts of things, there would be several hours of television, all of which would be involving some form of sport. So I feel more educated by it, the process, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I feel like when I watch the Super Bowl, I actually know what's going on and sort of a little, you know, sort of at least partially invested. Is it the sort of thing that I want to sit down, you know, every night and watch? Absolutely not. I'm sorry, Frankie Rodriguez. I apologize. I've done my best. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm committed, but, I, you know, I just have to keep it real. I enjoy basketball, but I am not vaguely interested in, in football. I actually liked rugby when I lived in England a lot better because I feel like you'd fall out more than I would stop and start the whole time. Yes. I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's better to watch, I think. So I know that's a... a well, she said that. I didn't say that. I'm just, yeah. you know, just putting that. All right. Yeah, I'm just a girl. What do I know? So let's move swiftly on to Sundays. Uh, Sundays is um, a, a big night for television, both yep. uh, in the HBO world and, and in... Yep. The networks, which we're more primarily talking about most, here. Most of the shows are returning shows, right, for Sunday? Yeah, we've only got one new show. Um, and so we've got Once Upon a Time coming back. Things like The Amazing Race coming back. Uh, we have football on NBC, lots of football, which mm-hmm. I think is the sole source of their earnings these days, right? Of course. Got to be ad, ad, ad money from football. 
Uh, and then we've got Revenge coming back also in its sophomore season. So yep. I, a lot of people loved Revenge. It's soapy. I didn't watch it, but I, I've heard good things. I've heard good things about it too. I've not watched it. And it is being teamed up. So you've got a nice block on ABC. Once Upon a Time, Revenge, and 666 Park Avenue, which is the one new show. Yep. And this is uh, the triumphant return of Terry O'Quinn. Uh, Should we have a listen to a clip? Yes, clip? let's do it. Look how beautiful. Oh, my God. What do you think? I think we couldn't afford to rent a closet in this place. Good afternoon. The resident manager handles the day-to-day -day running of the Drake Apartments. Are you sure this is our apartment? Yeah, it comes with the job. What happened to the previous manager? Yeah, why would anybody ever want to leave this? Mr. Hartwell moved someplace warmer. Now sign the contracts and get out of here. You've got a lot of work to do. The Drake, known for the finest living in the city. I am taking you dress shopping. Well done, my dear. Home to 80 residents. Hi, I'm Louise. Jane, nice to meet you. Just stop by for drinks sometime. It's a friendly building. But don't let the amenities fool you. Okay. Okay, so this is a, some sort of evil apartment building show. Yes. Who hasn't wanted to see one of those? Exactly. So, you know, um, we've all got needs, burning, burning needs, desires, and emotions for resident. For the residents of the Drake, the premier apartment building on Manhattan's Upper East Side, these will be met for a price, courtesy of the building's mysterious owner, played by Terry O'Quinn. But be careful where you wish for, because you pay with your soul. So I think he is a double or double adjacent type yeah. type being. Um, and, Let's face you know, it, who hasn't done a deal with the devil to get a good apartment in New York? It's it's really what you have to do. It's part and parcel of the deal. Yeah, right? brokers are all his agents anyway. They are all agents Let's of Satan. There. So, and Vanessa Williams, I think, is the wife... Um, the beautiful and enigmatic wife uh, of Terry O'Quinn. So, you know, this has got a, a good TV pedigree. It's got a lot of people whose faces you've seen before. Vanessa Williams. Quick take on Vanessa Williams. Eh. Yeah, I'm exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you might have had something there, some sort of redeeming feature for her. I, I wasn't an ugly Betty watcher beyond yeah. a couple episodes. I hear she was great on that. I mean, yeah. I think she's gorgeous. I, I She's sort of... She's like wallpaper. She's fine. Yes, she's okay. fine. She's thoroughly uh, acceptable. Yes, so she is also there. But I love Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Although I, through my entire childhood, because of his role in the stepfather, he creeped me out. Did you ever see that? Yes. Oh, so yes. But he's in that uh, former character from Brothers and Sisters. You got Rachel Taylor, who was in Charlie's Angels for five or ten minutes and was on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, we all hated her after Grey's Anatomy after she broke what's his name's heart, the wrestler, the one I don't like. I can't think of his name. What? <laughs> what really? How do you not like Grey's Anatomy? Uh, so what's wrong with you? So this is based on a book series. This is, I think, I think this is, could be if you like revenge, if you like that kind of soapy thing. Yeah. If you were a desperate housewives person, I think this show is for you. Yeah. I may watch one, but I, it's just not my thing, and I think it's going to be a little scary. And I'm a giant baby, so. Yeah, I don't care about the scary thing, but the, the level of interest here currently for me is is hovering between zero and one. Okay, so Terry O'Quinn, we wish you all the best. You know? We would like you and Michael Emerson to do a show together. See if you can't work that out for us. Come please. on. Maybe before next episode. That'd be good. Yeah. Let's get that in development. Uh, so that's what's happening. The Good Wife is back. Um, you've got kind of uh, an, inter an all uh, animation night on Fox. You've got The Simpsons still hanging in after 40, 50 seasons, I think. That is crazy. Bob's Burgers, which I hear is hilarious, but I haven't been I've watching. I've not seen it. 
I, I've heard great things. Okay. Uh, Family Guy and American Dad, which are all returning shows. Yeah. So those are still, you know, trucking on for, for Fox and doing well. And then The Mentalist is moving from Thursdays to Sundays, which will mean that I will actually be able to watch it on live television, I think, uh, if I'm home. So The Mentalist Wait, is... Wait, there's a live television? There is. Hmm. You got to stagger for twenty minutes so you don't have to watch the ads. <laughs> there goes the revenue it's dollars down. Live. I know. I heard somebody talking about that. I think it was Vince Gilligan saying like, "This is still show business, and if people don't watch ads, we're not going to get to make the shows." Yeah. So that made me feel a little guilty because I respect Vince Gilligan so much. Not enough to watch the ads, but no, we've raised an entire generation who thinks everything is free. Yeah. And, uh, and we will reap the whirlwind. We at some point we have to. I mean, yeah. it's just it's something that we talk about. Art you know, has to be funded, right? Oh, right. A lot in the business is this notion of, well, as the internet evolved, we raised everybody's expectations that everything that you would find on the internet essentially was going to be free. And that was fine while the traditional media, movies, television networks were paying for those things. They were paying through them for them through advertising revenue or through you know walking through the door at the box office. And as those things fade... Because people's eyes are diverting and they're either catching it in other mediums or they're stealing it or they're watching it illegally, all that money starts to disappear and their capacity to be able to make stuff diminishes. And so at some point, you have to acknowledge the fact that it's going to cost you money to watch this. So you're either going to pay for a subscription to something or you're going to have to endure ads one way or the other. You, you, yeah. you know, you, it's not free. I, it's amazing because some of the on-demand you can still forward through the ads, which I'm very surprised about. Yeah. Because usually, like, if you do it on uh, on my computer, at least on Hulu, you cannot forward through those ads. Right. I'm sure that's just a technology glitch that somebody's figuring out how to try and... Try and stop, fix, yeah. Fix, fix right now. Because I didn't even try, and then I happened to try it just out of curiosity. <gasps> like, Wait a minute. I don't have to watch these. <laughs> this is magic. So... Uh, we should say, just you know, to bring things full circle, that The Mentalist is replacing CSI Miami. Rest in peace, dear Horatio. Oh, David Caruso. Shame. Well, hopefully he'll pop up soon. With the You'll always have room for your shoes underneath Anne's bed. <laughs> mm, no. That, that's where not, I draw the... No. Not, not even if he wears no. sunglasses? No, no, no. And stares with that kind of mystic... I wouldn't let him in through the outside gate. <laughs> mm, wow. I like the name Horatio. Can you really afford to be that choosy? I'm just asking. <laughs> if I didn't have such a fabulous tan, you'd see the flush to my, <laughs> to my face. But I have a fabulous tan. Well, so that, that's it for that's our full it. preview. Yeah, so you on Sunday nights, you will be watching Once Upon a Time? Yes. I'll be tuning in for Once Upon it? a Time. We'll be watching probably The Amazing Race, I would imagine, uh, which they are happening simultaneously. So one of those will be recorded and one of those will be watched live, I imagine. Uh, maybe The Good Wife. Yeah, The Good Wife is a good is is a very good show. Yeah, uh, great writing, very good show. Probably won't you in for Funny Stone videos. That's still on. I used to make Funny Stone videos in Australia. Many that years is ago. The, as in you made videos like no, of your cats uh, doing things. As, you in, produced as in producing the show. the show. Really, it's the same show every year, more or less. You know, you add in a few new clips. Does Bob Saget you, still? You run, you run a lot. Not not the Australian version, but the the um no, in fact, not even the American version. I don't think um. But it's it's a show that exists on clips that have been coming in over the last twenty years, and so there's just a montage after montage of you know dads getting whacked in the privates by their child with a bat, right. and you know I'm just <laughs> apparently we can't get enough of that. 
Still trucking after all these years. It's an hour. I don't think it was always an hour either. I think maybe at one point it was half an hour yeah, when I, think, I watched it as a child. I think you're probably right. So, uh, end of the full preview. We have uh, a letter in from one of our viewers. We should talk about that. What do you think? Well, we, we do. We've I mean, been asking for It was bound to happen sooner or later, yeah. right? Someone had to want us to weigh in on something. God bless them. Hi, guys. Uh, love the podcast and your take inside into the world of film and TV. I saw this fairly raw interview from Nate uh, 24 hours after scrapping of Harry's Law. Wasn't so much interested in the show aspect, but more about his take on the age issues. Are good ratings no longer enough? Do they have to be good demographic ratings? Has TV become like fashion where cool brands only make clothes to fit skinny people because they don't want fat people ruining their reputation? It actually says running the reputation, but notice I corrected that. Uh, Nicely done. Uh, regards, Graham. So... So, did you watch Harry's Law ever? I never watched it. Okay, I watched season one of this. Yep. Um, it, I can't remember how to pedigree. It was from someone whose other shows I had watched, so I sort of was like, oh, I'll give it a chance. And Nate Cadroy, who's the one who's quoted here, uh, was on it, and I really, really liked him back from Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Nice. So, uh, so I tuned into that, and uh, this... Uh, the show did very well in the ratings, but it didn't, like, like he says, it didn't have the right demographic. So it wasn't a great show. It's a lawyer who leaves, I think, a big practice and sets up shop by herself in what you, what is also a shoe store. Hilarity ensues and mm-hmm. some dramatic moments. It's a, I think it's a David E. Kelly, so it has that feel to it. Yeah. And uh, it, it wasn't a great show. I stopped watching it, and I think for that reason, like, I felt like I wasn't the demographic. But yep. someone is. People were watching it, and yet it was canceled. Yeah. Yeah, it is David E. Kelly. So we had a couple seasons, and it had a good, good cast. E. Kathy Kelly. Bates was Pick the lead fences. on this. Yeah. He's done it all. The, um... So it made it two seasons and got canceled last May. Yeah. But it did did very well, and that's the thing he's irritating, you know, that the, the, the star is expressing consternation about is, so what is it that gets you continued? People are watching the show. Why is it being canceled? Especially by NBC, who really needed people. They needed butts and seats, and they had butts and seats on the show. Grocery buyers. That's what they're looking for. Uh, they're a specific demographic, a disposable income, and a capacity to buy groceries. And I know it sounds like a strange little way in which to frame things, but from an advertising perspective, most of those people who are advertising want people who have some form of disposable income and who are prepared to spend it. Now, people, the view- older people, and I don't mean old, I mean slightly older, they do. The problem is that most of what's happening in terms of the advertising realm is behind in terms of our understanding of what those things mean. So for 10 years, we've had people courting the young viewers, the late teens, early 20s viewers, because they're young, because they're hip, they're all, you know, they're all about it, blah, 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 blah. And so whole bunch of networks, you know, we had a network back in Australia called Network 10, that their sole demographic was this particular audience. So they carved themselves out a niche, they drew a strong audience out of doing it, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, finally somebody realised, you know, after 10 years of this kind of going on, these people have no money. They're not, they're students, they're yeah. people with students lo- student loans. They're living at home with mom and dad. They have no money. Their disposable income level is extremely small. And so from an advertising perspective, unless you're selling Coke, which is a very low threshold yeah. uh, purchase, 
then after that, all of your expensive, you know, big ticket items that often pay for these things, your BMWs of the world, your American Expresses of the world, Visa cards, all those sorts of things do not apply to these people. And so what you've got is a situation where everybody's like, oh, crap. So we've refocused back on this demographic, which sits from about 25 through to late 30s in terms of its general focus. And we've still not reconciled ourselves to the fact that there's a whole viewing audience above that age group who are not old. Yeah, and who, yes, have cash. Who have the money. And so they don't want to see ads about depend undergarments. Yeah. Right? There's still people who are, you know, because of the way in which the society is aging, these guys have got another 30 years of work in them. They've gotten rid of their kids, you know, a, a lot of them. They've got a bunch of money to spend because they've paid off their house, whatever those things are. And the television viewing audience, particularly the networks, just stopped courting them. And it's a really strange situation. And it, 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 it beggars belief. And I really think it probably does come back a little to what Graham's suggesting, which is that we're just working on this premise that we're working with the cool kids on the cool, with the cool products and, and that's, that's kind of where we are, which is strange considering most of the networks are now run by bean counters, who are people who just crunch the numbers and just go, well, we need to return this kind of performance. Well, it's like, well, you have an entire demographic here whom you are ignoring. It's extraordinary. So uh, my guess would be that you'll see the washout of that over the next maybe two years I think it will t- probably take for, for the silliness of that kind of focus and of the success of the sorts of shows that do well on like HBO which all skew older yeah, because they're smarter, they're more, you know, generally their level of required concentration and intelligence yeah. and those sorts of things is all skewed older. But people can't kind of they can't weigh those metrics very well, right? The comparative metrics because there's not advertising revenue. There's no, just... there isn't. But at the same time, you look at the number of subscribers for an HBO-type network versus the CW, which has gone broke several times yeah. and is, you know, is this sort of bastardization of a network now as a result of the fact that they caught this very particular demographic and that it's not enough to actually make a network run. Yeah. So it's... You know, I, I honestly think it's one of those things that will evolve, that you'll see the silliness of that wash out of the system once people remember that those people vote with their feet and their yeah. dollars. Well, you should hope so as we rapidly approach that demographic. Oh, easy, Tiger. <laughs> just just let's, not, let's not get crazy right now, all right? You know, I mean, <laughs> I know you're, you're a young spring chicken. Oh, yes, I see. But... Uh, well, that just hurts. <laughs> I don't think I can go on from here. I think that's. I think that's. The, uh, the podcast is, is may close according based on uh, <laughs> it's going to finish based on creative differences. Exactly right. I you know, I've been accused of being over twenty five. No. That's it. Meanwhile, Tim can throw out that why I don't know why you're still single crack every week, and that's fine. <laughs> in fairness, I've never done that on air. I don't think. Sure, we do that in our personal lives and at parties, but never on air. That's fine. You know. Okay. Small to medium-sized group events. On that slightly sour note, which is probably all we've got time for this week, I think. I think it's more than enough. I think we've probably Wait. said too much. There's been a, actually a relatively low shame factor this week. It I has. Think. I think we'll work on that for next week if we sure. can. Good uh, note. Good note. <laughs> That's a good note. <laughs> but Nate Cadroy, we feel you. We totally feel you. We're sorry. Uh, so please feel free to send us in. We have also... Uh, Cordry? Cordry. I think it's Nate Cordry. 
I don't know. Uh, um, we have another thing that our friend Christine Valley sent us in, which we will definitely discuss next week. Uh, and uh, but so you can reach us if you're looking for us. If you want to send us either your thoughts about some of these things uh, at the Oversharers, tell us your feelings uh, at the Overshare Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at the Oversharers. Uh, we are we have a Facebook page. Just so slap a like on that. Make sure you don't get the other Overshare podcast that tried to steal our thunder late. So we were there first. We were there first. So, you know, if you're looking for us on Facebook, just type in the Overshare Podcast all together in your spaces and you'll find it and slap a like on it. We also have a um, our WordPress site where you can listen to this podcast, um, which you should also subscribe to on iTunes. But that's at theovershareapodcast.wordpress.com. So basically, we're kind of, we're everywhere. We are everywhere. We certainly you turn are. around, you buy a donut, there we are. Yep. So... That's it for this week. More it's than enough. Fantastic to see you. Let's see everybody again next week. Bye now, everyone. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul.